Network presents Football Time. Welcome to the Football Time Show. It's NFL Draft Time. We've had a little bit of a window to recoup and uh, re-energize the batteries here. And uh, we're ready to get into some NFL Draft coverage. With us is our man, Achilles Rain. We're going to break this down in division. So we'll start out on the NFC and AFC South side, and uh, we'll go on from there. Uh, from that point, we'll probably go into the AFC and NFC North, into the AFC and NFC East, and then lastly, uh, AFC and NFC West. As always, the uh, AFC and NFC West probably will get the back end of our energy levels, but uh, nonetheless, we'll get there and get through it. So, uh, are you ready to get into some uh, draft coverage here, Achilles Rain? after a, a nice little window to uh, recharge those NFL batteries. Yeah, we definitely took a little bit of a hiatus here, but, uh, you know, uh, football is uh, back in our lives, even if we uh, refuse to uh, to let it go. Uh, now we're talking draft, and uh, so- shortly after that, we're going to be talking about regular season preseason. So I'm excited. Let's talk some football. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, first off, this is a really sort of uh, interesting draft. We get these uh, pretty much – Every, you know, handful of years, um, basically the good players in this draft are going to be players uh, most human beings probably uh, never even know will be on the rosters here. It's a very, very heavy on offensive linemen. It's pretty heavy on defensive linemen. And then, of course, you know, we have our, our big receivers in there, but uh, really, really poor quarterback draft. Uh, you know, uh, running backs are just way way down on the list there and uh you know solid cornerback draft i will say that but it's really very heavy on on sort of unsexy uh positions that a lot of us you know these guys will get drafted and most of us won't even know if they're really doing a whole lot of good or not uh but uh nonetheless uh interesting uh for sure uh overall what what did you make overall of the uh sort of draft prospects this year it's definitely not sort of uh your big sexy names i'd say yeah you know it kind of reminds me a little bit of um the draft that we had a couple of years ago prior to this trevor lawrence draft um where you know me uh, i'm more to the professional uh you know version of football uh you and dynamite are really into the college i dip my feet into it every now and then but you know when it comes to a lot of these uh names outside of the top 10 uh most people like the common fan isn't quite aware of a lot of these guys or what they bring to the table uh and, and it feels like that for me this year um i'm aware of like the top prospects but a lot of the other guys uh you know are a little bit of unknown to me so i had to go back and watch tape on some of these guys yeah all right so let's get into our team needs here let's start it out in the afc south and uh well We'll start out with the team that has the uh, number one overall pick here, uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars. A lot of free agent movement, but uh, they also got, you know, a lot of draft capital here. The number one overall pick, the number one pick in the second round, uh, two third round picks, uh, you know, a whole lot of sixth round picks and a couple seven round picks. So they got a lot of draft picks. I I don't know how many of those they end up will holding on to, uh, but... uh, 
what do you make of the Jags? And you can't say team needs as everything. Uh, so uh, <laughs> let's whittle it down here. I mean, for a team like Jacksonville, uh, who, you know, uh, they're bringing in the second year young quarterback, Trevor Lawrence, uh, and I'm sure they're expecting a lot of things from him. Uh, I'm sure they'd like, you know, most importantly to protect them, keep them upright. Uh, you're not going to be successful um, whatsoever if you can't keep, protect your young quarterback. He is the future of that franchise. So I think that uh, first and foremost, the first thing they're going to want to watch out for uh, is going to be an offensive lineman, uh, someone they could build a good foundation uh, in that offensive line with. Um, and then they also need a little bit help in the uh, the edge rushing, uh, uh, you know, position because uh, they've lost a couple of guys now. Their defense definitely had a Spurs, uh, you know, moments where they looked pretty good, looked decent, looked like an NFL defense. But I think that for the most part, uh, this team uh, has plenty of holes that they can plug in. They did spend a lot of money in free agency. Uh, will that work out in their favor? We don't know. Uh, I, I would assume that some of these uh, picks are going to be traded on in this draft simply because of uh, the holes that they did fill through a free agency. But again, when you have that many picks, when you have the number one overall pick, the number one pick in the second round and so on, I think that your best, uh, you know, your your best option there would be probably to build up that offensive line and protect that young quarterback. Yeah, uh, I, I'm with you on uh, looking at offensive linemen here. But, uh, you know, uh, as you know, I sort of look at the prospects. I, I think we're pretty sure uh, they're going to go with an edge rusher. Now, I'm not opposed uh, to going with one of those edge rushers. Uh, you know, you, you got a, a couple of really, really high-end guys in Aiden Hutchinson and Kevion Trivideau. And, uh, you know, and I... I... I, I love that pairing with Josh Allen on the other side, who's already shown to be an elite level sort of pass rusher. So you book in those two. Uh, but honestly, I, I know it'd probably be a little bit of a reach, especially since you're sort of looking at three guys on the offensive lineman side who I don't separate uh, all that much in, uh, you know, Neil Iquano and uh, Charles Cross. So, I, I doubt they're trading back. I think they're going to go with that uh, sort of spear end on the defensive edge. It's just a matter of sort of what you like here. I, I, I'm I, big on Kevion Tribodeau. I, I think he's just, you put him and Josh Allen on, on two ends, and you got just ridiculous sort of freakish athleticism. Uh, but you look at Aiden Hutchinson and that motor, I, I really sort of think he could be like a Justin Smith sort of guy. You, you're used to watching him play when he was at the 49ers, uh, you know, a handful of years ago. Uh, so I, I think that would be good too. But uh, I, I'm with you. Honestly, I, I think I'd shore up my offensive line. And the only thing I could say uh, about that is, this draft is so deep on the offensive line sort of things. You might be able to get away with waiting and a couple of those guys drop down into the second round. So you get a elite level pass rusher uh, who are probably the two highest rated guys in the draft. And then offensive line uh, sort of falls there. Is, is there anything else you're looking for on the Jacksonville Jaguars side of things that maybe uh, they, they can pick up here? Definitely, uh, you know, offensive line, edge tackle, but uh, anything maybe in the late rounds that y you think maybe they should maybe try to reach and add a little depth to. Now, this may not be a popular opinion, but just based off what I saw last season, obviously, 
you know, protecting the quarterback is going to be a big issue, especially with a young guy like that who's still developing. But, I, I, you know, I know they signed a couple of people. I still think that you got to get yourself a wide receiver. I don't think that you brought in anybody that's really going to, uh, you know, wow defenders uh, and keep, you know, defensive coordinators up at night trying to game plan against them. So I think that any weapons that you can add to help develop the young quarterback is going to benefit you in the long run. Um, you know, really quick, not to spend too much time on this, uh, you know, J uh, Jacksonville Jaguar team, but um, they do have the number one overall pick. But as we mentioned with this draft and, you know, not the big blockbuster names out there, uh, I, I think it almost devalues that number one overall pick a little bit. I know that you got a couple of guys like Hutchinson and them who are you know projected to be uh, taken in the top five picks and guys like that are definitely going to bring value to your team. But as you mentioned, if you're looking for, you know, to build up like your offensive line in a draft that's so deep with, the, you know, with offensive talent, I think that you possibly could get away with giving, you know, giving that first pick away. And, uh, you know, especially if, if you're looking at to shore up that offensive line as opposed to your defensive line at yeah. first, you, you can get rid of, you know, that number one overall pick. And based off what other teams need, you might get a lot more value in return, um, you know, than you probably, you know, could have got from someone else. So I, I don't know. I just think that offensive line is going to be huge for them. Uh, you know, obviously you got to get a pass rusher to, uh, to compliment, uh, you know, uh, Josh Allen. And you also need to get, in my opinion, uh, some, some weapons at wide receiver. Yeah. The other thing I, I would look at here, uh, you know, corner, you probably can't take a corner at number one, even though this no. is a pretty deep, you know, corner draft. Uh, but once again, you mentioned it like it, it just sort of falls into the unlucky that there's no real quarterback that one of these teams would probably desperately trade up for number one. Because I, I think you could probably trade back, uh, get yourself a couple picks, build up that offensive line, build up that cornerback slot, even grab it, you know, an edge rusher there. But uh Nonetheless, you mentioned it. Uh, I, I just think wide receiver in this draft, you probably don't waste your two on that. Oh, no, that's definitely more of a late pick. Right. You know, it's there's there's going to be a guy out there, um, either someone that's coming off of injury or someone that just, you know, wasn't playing for a big-name school that you could probably – I mean, again, we've seen a lot of gems come late rounds. You know, you think about a guy like Cooper Cup, the triple crown winner from last season. You know, he wasn't a top prospect coming out of college. Uh, you know, he had the accolades, but he was playing in a smaller school, so he didn't quite bring the same type of uh, name recognition that some other guys did, uh, you know. Uh, so there's definitely some gems out there. Uh, the question is, can you grab them and can you develop them? Yeah, the only problem with that is they probably fall more in line, you know, overall. The Cooper Cup is a one in, you know, a, a million sort of uh, late round pick. You probably just add to, you know, overall Jacksonville Jaguars uh, set of sort of number three receivers, I, I think. So you might get another number three. So you might end up with like five number threes in, instead of going after that truly sort of number one guy. So uh, let's move on to the Houston Texans. I, I, I will allow you to say everything uh, uh, for the Houston Texans here. Now, uh they do have, you know, a, a lot of draft capital uh, once again, but uh, where are you looking hard, hard uh, here for the Houston Texans? Uh, you know, just out outstanding needs because, uh, you know, they have the number three pick, they have the number 13 pick, they have the number uh, five pick in the second round. So they got three really early picks. They got two number three picks. So basically, uh, 
in the first uh, two days of the draft, uh, they have uh, five uh, total picks here. So uh, they can really bolster themselves. Where are you looking for Texans-wise here? You know, norm normally I say this about, uh, you know, teams that are already pretty much playoff caliber teams. Uh, and I normally don't say it about teams that are in a position like the Texans are. But in reality, I think that this Texans team is a position where they can literally just – pull out their big board, line up their best, you know, the, the, what their top prospects are. And then, you know, your pick comes up, whoever's available in your board, that's the next guy up because they need a lot of help at just about every position. You're talking about offensive line, you know, quarterback, which I don't think you are going to reach for in this draft. Um, you know, you have defensive line. You have a lot of issues on that team. Um, thankfully that, this, you know, Deshaun trade actually brought them a little bit of more draft capital, something they were lacking, uh, you know, coming into last season. So, now they've got a little bit to play with. Um, they also have the possibility of looking elsewhere, you know, at guys uh, like, at, you know, San Francisco quarterback, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, a guy who's still in trading block, uh, who's also lost value based off with the market and everything that has happened with some of the other quarterbacks and some of the other teams. So you could probably get them a lot cheaper now. Um, so there's a lot of different scenarios. It really depends on where you value players, where you value guys that are available for trade now and where you value guys that are available for the draft. Yeah. You, you sort of touched on my one question, uh, really, to you, is uh, they have the 3 and the 13. Uh, we watched Davis Mills uh, play quarterback here. You know, it, it's hot and cold. It, it's probably too early to really gauge whether he's a serviceable NFL quarterback. I don't think he's going to be a star uh, by any means, but certainly towards the end there, he looked like he could at least hold down the ship. Would, I, I don't think you'd certainly uh, use your number three pick uh, here to take one of these quarterbacks, but 13, I would not personally. I do not like any of these quarterbacks. The only one that I think even remotely uh, has a chance to be a really solid NFL player is Ritter out of Cincinnati. And honestly, if you were asking me, Ritter, uh, Davis Mills, you know, I, I'm thinking it's the same sort of guy here. So would you reach and just play that QB lottery and maybe a Willis, maybe a Pickett, uh, maybe a Ritter grows into a number one here, or do you just sort of say, I'm building, you know, defensive end, edge rusher, offensive line, uh, you know, anywhere, tackle, guard, uh, you know, maybe pick up some help on the corner or in the safety spot, uh, which all I think would be, benefit the Texans building up their roster better but uh you know you need a quarterback in there but it just seems like Davis Mills probably could hold down that ship at least another year you mentioned they could probably trade for a Jimmy Garoppolo it's unlikely they trade for Baker Mayfield since they probably could have had him <laughs> in the uh aforementioned trade uh anyway so that 13 is that a spot you grab a quarterback or you just build depth here Oh, I don't. I think that if you're not, um, if you're not certain that you like a guy, a quarterback enough to take him with the third pick, then I don't think you take a quarterback with 13th pick. I think at that point you just kind of uh, lay your chips on the table and say, you know what, Mills is going to be our guy going forward. We're going to try and work him out. One of the issues that he had last season was the fact that one, his weapons offensively were in and out of the lineup. You had guys getting hurt pretty much all year long. Um, there was no consistency. There was very little protection from that offensive line. And when that defense was on the field, 
more than likely they were probably getting burnt, you know, on on either uh, that secondary or, you know, they just not being able to get to the quarterback. Uh, so they have a lot of situations that that they could really uh, take this and, and just, if, if you're asking me, my personal opinion, the way I'm doing this, I'm building up that offensive line. I'm building up that defensive line. I'm getting rotational players, guys that are going to be in there for a while. Uh, and, and I'm just going to roll the dice with Mills. I don't think that this is a draft to reach for a quarterback. Now, if you find a quarterback that you like and he's still available in the later rounds, then, yeah, uh, maybe then I'll, I'll jump on a quarterback. But that early with those type of picks, like because, again, if you don't take a quarterback with the third pick, uh, a guy that you love that you think is going to be the guy, then I don't think you take a quarterback with the 13th because uh, those picks are just too close. And if you value a guy that high, you jump on him as soon as you can. Uh, so, yeah, if it was me, let's, let's shore up this offensive line. Let's build this defensive line. We need a lot of help. Let's bring in some depth. Yeah, we're we're on the same track here. I I think you utilize this draft. You build up that D. You build up that O-line next year. You sort of look. I, I, you don't have great weapons on the outside, but you have professional receivers on the outside. Like I mentioned, I, I think you have a quarterback who can at least hold down the ship while you're there. Uh, even if you do bring in a quarterback or you, you use that pick to draft one of these receivers in this draft, I just don't think that's good value because next year, more likely, there's going to be receivers in this draft there have been elite receivers in every draft for the last five six years so then maybe you reach for one of those you build up those two lines i think maybe you go after a corner if one of those top guys maybe drops down a little bit uh to shore that up but i, I think you just build uh the core of your team here on the uh, offensive line defensive line here and then sort of you're already playing for next year anyway so just play for next year, maybe the uh, quarterback is sitting there next year that you can grab to maybe uh, build this team. Let's move on to the sort of Indianapolis Colts. They have some needs, uh, but uh, their draft capital's pretty much gone uh, from the uh, aforementioned uh, Carson Wentz uh, disaster. Now, granted, that disaster is now uh, the... Uh, commies team down there in Washington so uh what are you doing here with the Colts I, I, I'm curious it, they just don't have a ton of draft capital here they don't pick till the 42nd pick uh so it, it's a thin draft anyway where are you looking for the Colts to go here you know as you mentioned there's a lot of wide receivers out there in this draft that have the potential to become you know starters if, if not stars in this league and I think that that's probably going to be one of the key uh, focus points for this Colts team, a team that, you know, uh, came on pretty hot last year, especially with Carson Wentz, who was having his struggles. They still put on a pretty good performance. And a lot of it came uh, because of that backfield. Uh, you know, they're, they have a really good running back there. Um, and then that defense, even though it wasn't as good as it was the previous year, I still think they did a pretty good job and they were able to maintain at least, you know, a lot of the key pieces on that defense. So I think that you have to find, uh, yourself a weapon to pair with, uh, you know, Pittman on, on the outside and um, doing so will allow Matt Ryan to just kind of play what you brought him in to do, which is, uh, you know, more of a gunslinger guy, a guy who, who you can trust to make the right play. Uh, I think that Matt Ryan, even though he's fallen short of uh, the big game a few times, we've all seen his talent level. And I think that um, he, he brings a lot more than Carson Wentz did. So I think that's an upgrade at that, at that time, even, even though the age, 
uh, situation plays a little bit into it. I still think it's an upgrade. I think that Matt Ryan over Carson Wentz is an upgrade. So you get him some weapons out there. You already have a pretty good running back. You have a, a decent offensive line, which, you know, if you could pick up another offensive lineman for some depth, that's always going to help you. But uh, I think that you have to focus in on some skill positions. Um, that defense was doing just enough last year to uh, get them over, over humps. Uh, I think that their biggest weakness is, was really the passing game, which now with Matt Ryan under center, uh, and you can add a couple more weapons out there. I think you'll be okay. Yeah, uh, I think definitely you mentioned it. Wide receiver really, really deep in this draft now. At forty-two, I, I, I'm a little scared that sort of thins out. Uh, you know, we'll get into my NFL draft bets, but I, I think it's possible eight receivers might go in that first round of the NFL draft, and and then it gets a little thinner. Uh, you know, but. If somebody uh, uh, like a, a Sky Moore uh, from Western Michigan maybe falls out of the uh, of the first round and maybe drops into that forty two uh, spot, maybe that's really where I, I'd look to go. It's more likely that uh, you know, like a Justin Ross out of Cleveland, maybe a Sycor out of Boise State probably falls, and then it's a little bit more. Maybe he's a good receiver. Uh, maybe I'm buying his jersey and telling you about him uh, and his great college exploits in six years that he never actually gets too many snaps in the NFL. The other thing I'd look up uh, for the Colts, probably, you know, just position depth along the offensive line, maybe in the uh, secondary a, a little bit, uh, just sort of build depth there. You aren't really going to get a, a game changer probably uh, with the amount of picks that the Colts have and as late as they do. But, uh, you know, if uh, somebody goes down, maybe uh, you can find somebody who could fill in there. Uh, their free agent acquisitions were their sort of uh, draft this season. All right, uh, let's move on to the Tennessee Titans. Uh, uh, another sort of uh, interesting team here. I, I think they've fallen a little bit uh, back in the pack here uh, because of all the uh, changes that other NFC, AFC teams have made to get better. So where are you looking for the Tennessee Titans to improve themselves here in the draft? Uh, they have a first-round pick, number 26, a third-round pick, number 26, uh, a couple fourth-rounders, and a couple six-rounders. So solid draft capital, but not uh, great, great draft capital. Where are you looking for the Titans to improve here? You know, with this Titans team, you're talking about a team that won their division last year, even though they uh, they had their biggest star uh, in Derrick Henry out for a good chunk of the season. They still managed to pull off the win, win that division. Um, they kept the, uh, the Colts at bay, and they made it, uh, you know, to the playoffs, uh, which they eventually lost to the Cincinnati Bengals. And I think one of the reasons why they lost that game, because they could not protect their quarterback. Uh, you know, Tannehill was just getting sacked left and right. And even when he was getting sacked, he was getting pressured and he ended up throwing some silly picks, which is one of the reasons why they lost that game. You know, had they had a good offensive line, we could have been singing a different tune. They were the number one seed for a reason. Uh, they were a pretty solid team and they have been a pretty solid team for the last few years. So I think that if you're the Tennessee Titans here, your main focus is to shore up that offensive line. You know, you're so close. I know that a lot of Tennessee fans uh, can taste it. They, they've been very, very close for a few years now, uh, and they seem to fall just short. They just can't get over that hump. Part of it, because they can't protect their guy. Uh, so you got to get some help in that offensive line. Uh, another thing you got to do is there's, you hear the rumblings. Now, it's not such a huge priority, but you hear the rumblings about A.J. Brown not being happy there. 
Um, they did bring in uh, Robert Woods, uh, you know, former Ram. Uh, Bobby Trees, love Bobby Trees, but Bobby Trees is coming off of uh, ACL uh, injury. So we don't know what he's going to look like. So I think that you might also have to look at wide receiver, even if it is just for some depth, just to kind of see, uh, you know, how Robert Woods actually comes out. And even then, uh, you know, we don't know what the situ situation with A.J. Brown is. We don't know. I hear rumors that he's going to hold out, that he won't freaking uh, show up to camp. So I, I don't know. I, I just think that you got to shore up that offensive line. That's definitely a priority. You know, they, they're a really good team. They have really good running back. They have really good quarterback and they have some weapons, but uh, they lost a few. So uh, another thing would be tight end. Um, you know, this is a team that doesn't really focus a lot on tight end passing, but you know, even if you can find a really good blocking and pass catching tight end, it almost serves as, you know, as a double-sided uh, uh, coin there where you can have him, you know, blocking when you need him to, uh, and you can have him out catching uh, passes when, when you need him to, to also. So I think the tight end offensive lineman and wide receiver are probably their biggest priorities, not in that order. Yeah. Uh, this one's interesting because uh, I probably flipped my opinion a, a little bit after uh, sort of what I'm hearing uh, about A.J. Brown, it, I don't think the Titans probably want to pay him what ride receivers are getting paid uh, on the market so far this year, uh, which is, you know, real money, probably about $23 million guaranteed, you know, in the fake range of about 25 to $30 million guaranteed. Is he worth it? it, it it's hard for me to say because I, I think we'll get into this with San Francisco uh, as well, is the draft has been so deep and wide receiver. And with the way everybody plays uh, these days, I just think you sort of look to the 90s when running backs were getting paid at that point in time. And then sort of everybody kind of figured out there are a lot of running backs in this league. We don't need to pay him and eat up our cap with that. And I'm starting to think teams like the Titans, teams like the 49ers, who we'll get to, probably are looking at that and, like, they're looking at this draft and are like, there are eight probably guys who could be number ones uh, at some point in time in this draft and two others who might be able to be number ones as well. So, you know, that's 10 receivers just in this draft. You go back and look in the previous couple drafts, there have been tons Tons of receivers. I, I mean, you just look at Jamar Chase, probably a top five receiver in the league right now. And he just, that's, so I, I got your point on the offensive line, but I think right now they probably got to look to receiver here, especially at 26. I, there's probably enough depth to get you an offensive lineman here. But I, I think you go wide receiver, especially you mentioned it. Robert Woods coming back from an injury. A.J. Brown has not really been able to stay healthy during a full season at any point in time. If you're going to lose him, Robert Woods is a wild card. Maybe he's, you know, his Ram self and maybe the sort of end of his career starts to creep around the corner. You're left with no receivers there. I think you got to grab receivers, certainly. Uh, in that first round. The other thing, maybe you trade that first round pick, scale back. I don't know if there's a, a sort of first round tight end in this draft, but I like Trey McBride out of Colorado State. 
I don't know if you can grab him at the 26, but if maybe you could get yourself another draft asset, Trey back into the second round, Tate, Trey McBride, uh, or the UCLA kid, uh, Dulwich, get your tight end because it, it looked like when Ryan Tannehill had a tight end, you know, two years ago, he was a lot better quarterback than them trying to sort of patch it together this year. So I'm just looking pass catcher-wise early on, and then maybe you just sort of try to shoot your shot and grab a late lineman and hope you can mold him and grow him into somebody there. So I think this changed about two weeks ago when the A.J. Brown stuff started to come out, and you've got to go uh, sort of pass catcher here. Listen, I, I agree with you. I, I do think that it's definitely a need, you know, uh, and most of the time I'm, I'm right there with you. I'd be like, you know what? There's so much talent coming out of college at wide receiver that do we really need to pay these guys? But I, I will say this in defense of AJ Brown, I went back and looked at a lot of his numbers and he's actually a really solid wide receiver. He's actually a really solid wide receiver. Number one, um, his biggest issue is one, as you mentioned, he hasn't been able to stay healthy for an entire season uh, for you know quite some time. Um, but when he's healthy, his biggest flaw is the fact that he's just not targeted enough yeah. um, because he's putting up thousand yard seasons with, you know, uh, two thirds of the catches that other receivers are doing with the same amount of yardage. So he's a big play guy. Um, he's a big, he's a big body. The thing is, can he stay healthy? And if he can't stay healthy, is he worth paying that much to now, if he can stay healthy, I would say, yes, he's definitely worth paying. Uh, but again, you know, when it comes to these wide receivers, it's, we saw it happen in other places uh, with Debo Samuel, for example. Yeah. You know, sometimes not even about the money. They just feel disrespected. They don't want to play there anymore. All right. Uh, let's shift over things to the NFC. And uh, this is probably uh, the most interesting team in the draft. Uh, the Carolina Panthers. Uh, pretty much everybody knows what they need. Um, the problem is... I don't think this is the draft uh, to sort of grab what you need. But that being said, I don't know if you can go into a season and actively be like Sam Darnold's our number one. We're going to go into the year with Sam Darnold as our number one. Uh, that just seems like defeat is right there in week one. So what do you do here with the Panthers? Um, I, I, is there anything else they need uh, that you'd want to put on here other than quarterback? Because I, I think really this is debate is, do you reach and grab one of these guys and just hope they're good? Or do you sort of eat it, build up your roster? You're probably going to be fired, you know, uh, if you're the coach, uh, if your season is crappy. So if you wait... It's not going to matter that they're going to get their quarterback in the next year draft. Uh, so what do you do here with the Carolina Panthers? Because it, it's very obvious quarterback, but I'm just curious, do you build around and add pieces or do you make that leap? Well, listen, first I'll start off, uh, you know, the whole Sam Darnold situation. I personally don't think that he's going to be the long-term answer there. Uh, but they also gave up, you know, uh, some assets to get him there. Uh, and, and I don't think they're quite ready to just call that a failure uh, just yet. Uh, uh, another I thing I've watched him play. <laughs> listen, uh, I, I've been, I've been dealing, uh, you know, you know him personally. I've been dealing with, uh, with the biggest Sam Darnold fan uh, that I've ever met in my life. And he doesn't seem to think he's done. Um, 
So this guy's got a huge Sam Darnold collection. Uh, he actually hooked me up with a couple of uh, uh, memorabilia pieces, which, uh, by the way, thank you for that. But uh, listen, if they if they really think Sam Darnold's the guy or they're willing to at least try him out for another year, I, th- I think you're probably better off served in building that team. Now, as you mentioned, if it doesn't work out, the head coach is probably going to get fired this year, and it was all for nothing. But I think that as an organization, the thing you have to do is to get – and this is going to sound so repetitive throughout this. Uh, for one, it's such a deep offensive line uh, you know, draft. And two, I'm old school in the sense that I believe you build from the trenches both offensive and defensive line, and, and then you can you know build the rest as you go forward. But I think that's what you shore up first. And I think that the, the Panthers are in a situation where – if they really, really, really like a quarterback in this draft, if they think that there's a guy that, you know, people are, are you know, kind of flying under the radar and, and he's he's going to be a steal, then I think you have to take that guy. But if you don't have a guy that you're absolutely in love with, then I think you have to build the rest of the team, to build the rest of the depth. You know, they need help in that secondary. They need help at uh, offensive tackle. Uh, they need uh, some wide receiver help. So they've got a lot of holes to fill. Um, the thing is, is there any guy in here that you're in love with? If not, is there any way that you can uh, fall to one of these guys that, you know, that potentially a lot of people have their top 10 picks, uh, maybe one of them slips and you fall and you get lucky in that sense, or can you find a way to package you know, some of these picks and get somebody that's proven or that you believe is proven that's going to come in and help your team immediately. I don't know what, what they're going to do. I really have no clue as to which way they're going to go, but I think that this is one of those teams kind of like the Texans that uh, has pretty much open market. They can go just about any way, whether it's trades, whether it's, um, you know, reaching for a guy or whether it's kind of trading down and, and uh, building up that, uh, that draft capital. Yeah. Uh, this is sort of just the catch 22 uh, that the Carolina's living in, because if you're Matt rule, and probably the GM here, uh, but Matt Rule has a lot of GM sort of powers. Uh, your job is pretty much on the line, so you take the quarterback and see if you can buy yourself more or time. Yeah, I mean, you saw it with the Chicago Bears uh, with Nagy for multiple uh, sort of things, uh, with Trubisky and then with Fields. Uh, you just try to buy your time saying we're rebuilding, our young quarterback is growing. Uh so you take that quarterback, even though you look at this quarterback class, and it's not anything I want to use my sixth pick uh, with, especially when you see the sort of edge rushers and the offensive linemen and the corners in this draft where you can get an elite guy uh, who could be a blue-chip guy. If I'm a GM here, I'm going, I'm taking, you know, an Evan Neal. Uh, I'm taking a Charles Cross. I'm just... I'm building my team, but that is not going to do Matt Rule any good. He's going to be like, well, great. You give me an offensive lineman. He'll probably be an elite offensive lineman in three years. You'll draft your future quarterback next year. And uh, in 2025, Carolina is going to be off and running. And I'm going to be coaching, you know, TCU. Uh, So it's just one of those weird. uh, Or that, or that bad. Do you do your job as in improving Carolina or do you do your job that keeps your job secure and in place and getting lots of money uh it's just one of those weird things and it's complicated too uh because of the Darnold trade uh they have the number one uh pick the sixth pick uh then they don't draft again until the fourth round um so 
The only other thing I could look to here is maybe you try to trade back and, you know, maybe get yourself a second or third round pick. You drop to 14 or 15. Maybe it doesn't look as bad to take one of those quarterbacks then, but uh, they're really in a bad, bad place here. Uh, as I said, you know, they're in a situation where kind of like the Texans, they, they just need so much help. Um, and the options really are kind of limited, but not limited. Uh, so they can kind of go just about any route and it wouldn't surprise me for them to do so. Yeah. Their coach's job technically isn't on the line though. Uh, with the Texans, it, it, they might just hire coach on one year plans uh, anyway. So uh, yes. who knows? All right, let's flip to the Atlanta Falcons here. Um, interesting sort of team uh, I, I found it hard to get a read on really where to go here so uh where are you leaning uh on the texans here or not the texans uh the falcons here oh. see the falcons you know when i was looking at all my uh you know draft information I, I, I found it kind of shocking that everybody kept saying that they needed to focus on quarterback as their main priority and i was saying like wait they signed marcus mariota didn't they yes they did uh, I, and, and I know that they pretty much gave Matt Ryan away for pretty much peanuts. Um, but, you know, I don't think that they're in complete rebuild mode, at least in their minds. I, I think that they brought in a guy who's, uh, you know, an established veteran guy. Uh, now, he's not going to, you know, why he's not going to run for MVP or anything like that. But I think that in the opportunities that he got, you know, over the last couple of seasons that we've seen Martin Mariota, I think he's a serviceable quarterback. Uh, and I think that's all they really need there. You know, uh, if anything, I'm more, you know, let's build, let's get some more talent at the wide receiver position here. Uh, let's get some edge rush, some guys that are going to be able to pressure the opposing quarterback. Uh, let's bring in some secondary help. These are the situations where they could really use some help now uh, guy that are going to help them win games. Now, I'm not saying the Falcons are going to win a Super Bowl, but I, I'm saying that the Falcons team can be competitive with the Marcus Mariota under center. Uh, and I know that Matt Ryan's probably a better quarterback right now. But again, I don't think that Marcus Mariota is really that much of a drop-off. Yeah, honestly, I, I, I take the wait-and-see approach with a quarterback here. I think you ride Marcus Mariota. If he's you know a, a serviceable NFL quarterback, you're in no rush uh, to grab one of these quarterbacks who probably isn't even as talented as, as said uh, Marcus Mariota. So what's I mean, your who's upgrade their, who, there? Who was their number one wide receiver last year? Oh, uh, well... It's the one who's suspended for gambling right now at Calvin Ridley. Uh, pretty much that whole receiver chart is gone. Uh, they got Kyle Pitts, who is an elite guy. And I think on that eighth pick, I think you grab a, one of these. Whichever wide receiver you think is the best in this class, you probably grab. It's a little complicated uh, because James on Williams, probably the best wide receiver in this draft sort of blew out his knee. So I don't know if you go there, uh, but I, I think you you have the option to go there because I don't think long view wise, you're looking at as a, Atlanta as a team that's going to make a run to a Super Bowl. So you take what talent you think is the best. You start to build this up. You look and see if Mariota's uh, an NFL quarterback. I If he's an NFL quarterback, I think you ignore that. And you just sort of grab. You mentioned edge rushers. You got two second round picks uh, here with the depth uh, along that defensive line. I think you could probably fill some spots there. Maybe you go uh, if one of those big edge rushers uh, falls. 
with that eight pick, maybe you can grab. There's rumors that Thibodeau might fall. If Thibodeau falls to eight, you probably grab Thibodeau with those two second round picks. Then you take your shot at a receiver. But I see no need uh, really to grab a quarterback here. Uh, this isn't even a situation like Carolina uh, where it's Sam Darnold. I, I think you could easily get through with Marcus Mariota as your quarterback in an NFL season. And if he's no good, next year you find yourself a quarterback. That that seems pretty cut and dry to me. So team needs quarterback just doesn't seem like that's really, really a high priority to me. Build up that defense. Uh, build up your wide receiver room, which you pretty much is empty now. And uh, just move on to quarterback next year. All right, let's uh, move on to our uh, next team in here. Let's go to the New Orleans Saints. Uh, once again, another team that's been sort of gutted a little bit here, but uh, two number one picks here, 16 and 19. Where are we looking with the Saints here? Uh, are they in total rebuild mode here, or are they going to try to sort of piece it together and see if they can make a run? I don't think they're going to call it a full re, uh, rebuild mode. And, and a lot of it has to do with the fact that they have some pretty big names on that team uh, going with Mike Thomas. And, you know, uh, you know, they got, they, they got some nice pieces there. Okay. But let's, let's be real without their head coach and without their quarterback, this team is in rebuild mode. It's just, it is what it is. Uh, and thankfully for them, some of their biggest needs are actually one of the, uh, some of the bigger uh, uh, available prospects in this draft. Uh, they need help at offensive line and they need help at a wide receiver. Uh, one, their star wide receiver has not been available for them, and I don't think that you just immediately just assume that he's going to be on the field for you. And even if he is, we haven't seen him play in how long now? Um, so I, I think that you have to add some depth at the wide receiver position. You need some more skilled players coming in, and then you need to shore up that offensive line so that whoever you have back there uh, throwing passes, whether it's Winston or whoever, uh, at least they have some time so that – you don't have to blame it on the offensive line. You could just blame it on the quarterback and move on from them afterwards. Yeah, this is an interesting one for me because I think in normal seasons, I I'd probably say this is a rebuild, gut it. But, I, I mean, we'll get into this in July and uh, August, but the NFC is just poor. Uh, you know, if I ask you to name four teams – uh, that are Super Bowl contenders in the NFC, I don't think you could give me four. I think you could give me two. I think you could give me Tampa. I think you could give me the Rams. Outside of that, I'm not sure who you could give me. So, I mean, this Saints team still has names. Uh, you know, they signed Andy Dalton. Jameis Winston is still there. Alvin Kamara is still there. You know... Whatever the Michael Thomas situation is, he's there. Uh, so that's a number one receiver. It's just you. offensive lines, a little hurt. But I, I think this draft, that's where you build it up. They still got a lot of solid guys on the defensive uh, side of the ball, which is really where they were good last year. So honestly, I think you grab some of these offensive tackles, rebuild that offensive line, and just give this a go because you might not be a good team, but the NFC might be so weak that you end up with 10, 11, 12 wins, 
And I don't know if you can beat the Rams or the Bucks, but other than that, I, I think everybody's just sort of swimming in that same pool of uh, we're okay, but we have lots of holes. So I just think you try to build up, rebuild up your tackles. If a receiver's down there, you grab that, uh, you know, but it, it's just, I don't think this is a total rebuild. So I, I think you got to, grab your positions here you got two number one picks the 16 and 19 i think you could add uh, a lot of depth here with the saints i think that for a team like the saints if they manage to compete for a playoff spot regardless of what the outcome is at the end of the year i think at that point you consider the season a success so uh, i don't think they're they have to aim very high for this season to be a successful one so i like what you're saying as far as you know let's just build up some depth here yeah, uh, if, if you could protect Winston or Dalton, whichever one is, you know, back there, but, I mean, I think you could make a run in this NFC. Uh, you know, we talked about how the Falcons, you know, are uh, you, the bad situation that Carolina's in. Basically, you're looking at this division. There's one team up here, and then, you know, you're easily just as good as any of those other teams. All right, uh, speaking of uh, said uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, we're to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers uh, here. I, this one's a hard one to gauge, uh, really. Uh, mostly you're just grabbing for depth here, but uh, where are you looking for Tampa Bay to go here? Yeah, as you said, this is a team that's pretty much uh, poised uh, to try and make another run for a playoff spot and then, uh, you know, possibly even a Super Bowl. Uh, Tom Brady coming back from uh, from retirement uh, really takes a, a huge load off of, uh, you know, the expectations for this team's draft uh, going forward. Because I think at this point now, you just focus on uh, filling some holes that you might have. Um, one of the main holes that I think they're going to have to probably focus on is going to be uh, somewhere in the guard position. I think that you're going to have to build uh, a little yeah. bit of depth there. Um, you also, you're going to need some help in your, uh, your secondary, I believe safety is what they're a little bit, uh, yes. tied in. And we saw it play a big role last season in the playoffs going up against the Rams where, uh, they could pretty much match him, uh, punch for punch on offense. But when it came to that defense, that defense was just not the Bucks defense that we saw, uh, during that Super Bowl run. So, uh, you need some help in that secondary and then you need, uh, possibly a little bit of death, uh, to add an, uh, ad rush, ad rush in department. So, um, again, this team is pretty solid as a stance. Uh, they could go anyway, and I don't think anyone will really fault them. Um, they just need to add some depth, just just you know, uh, to play uh, for injuries and things like that uh, going into the season. Yeah, uh, I, I think you got to go fill that uh, uh, along that offensive line where you've lost a couple pieces. Um, maybe grab secondary. I, I I think you definitely need help in there. I'm. They lost both of their guards this offseason, yes, right? they did. They yeah. did. So I, I think you definitely got to shore that up. I, I just want to throw something at you here. Um, you got round one, 27th pick here. If you were Tampa Bay, you know this thing's sort of winding down here. This probably isn't the draft to do it, but if you see these quarterbacks that probably need a little work, would you take that? number one pick and maybe if one of those guys fall do you grab that and see if you can sort of build for the future here or do you sort of just stay away from that because you don't want to get that rookie sort of clock ticking uh you know because tom might play another two years and then you sort of have one year to decide on your 
rookie quarterback that you took, and then you probably got to pay him, and you don't have a long window there. But uh, any chance you maybe take that one and grab one of these guys that might be a project, you get him in the room with Tom Brady, or do you probably not get him in the room with that shark who probably wouldn't like you being there anyway? Well, listen, first of all, I'll say this. You know, you've heard it from a lot of the great players um, in any, just about any sport. It's really hard for a lot of these guys like the Tom Brady's, the Wayne Gretzky's, uh, Michael Jordan's uh, to really, uh, you know, take players under their wing and build them up because most players don't have the natural talent that these guys have. And because of that, it's hard for these guys to really be able to coach these guys up because in their mind, you should be able to do this as long as you work as hard as I am. And the thing is, it doesn't really work that way sometimes. Uh, now, most of the time, I wouldn't fault you for taking a quarterback, you know, while you still have your, your older guy so you can kind of coach him up, sit behind him, you know, pick up a clipboard and, and learn. But I, I don't think that this is exactly what you do in this situation. I think that uh, if you pick up quarterback, you're going into a situation kind of like the 49ers said the other year when they took Trey Lance. Uh, you know, now they're in a situation where they're trying to get rid of Jimmy Garoppolo but they can't. So they're getting to pay this guy a lot of money. It's going to cost them, you know, a part of their cap space. And they have the guy who they believe is their next guy just sitting there waiting. So I don't think quarterback is the way to go. Uh, I know where you're coming from. And like I said, on normal circumstances for normal teams, I would say that's the way to go. I don't think that's the way to go for this team. I think that, you know, you lost two guards during this offseason. You got to shore up that that uh, that guard position. Uh, you need to bring in some uh, some – some pass rushers because Indomitian Sue and I believe Jason Pierre-Paul are still free agents. They haven't yeah. quite signed yet. So uh, you have that also a question mark is where are we going to get this password from? That's how they were so successful during that Super Bowl run. They had a great offense, which I believe they could still have uh, even without Antonio Brown. Um, but they also had a really good defense that could shut people down. They can get after the quarterback. And without those two things, uh, you know, I think it brings more question marks than anything, especially if you draft the quarterback. So I think you shore up that offensive line, bring in some pass rushing help and some secondary help, and you'll be set. Yeah, uh, the only thing that sort of made me think of it is this draft would be one of those where maybe one of these guys would benefit from, you know, a, a couple years uh, not being thrown into the fire for said like the Carolina Panthers and being demolished and having their soul broken. You know, you just go to Tampa. You know you aren't going to play at least the first year, maybe not even the second year. You learn, you grow, and, and sort of maybe that's a way to be successful. But uh, they probably have some more uh, glaring needs, especially since they're a team uh, that's actually trying to win a Super Bowl here. Well, let me ask you this, okay? Would you want Todd Bowles to be the guy who who starts to develop your young quarterback? Probably not, but uh, I, I'd assume Byron Leftwich and Tom would sort of take that role. Now, how long Byron Leftwich is going to be there? He, you know, sort of already had the Jags job lined up until he sort of uh, realized what was going to be going on in that front office. So, uh, yeah, uh, it just sort of crossed my mind that maybe that's where somebody like I think a Malik Willis could you know, two years to sort of learn the NFL game, then maybe. Okay. I, I Listen, see it makes higher. total sense. Yeah, I totally see your point, and it makes a lot of sense. Again, I just think that where this team is at right now, you know, with the fact that they have a lot of aging guys, that they're, they're basically in it to win it. If yeah. they don't win the Super Bowl at this point, the season's been a failure because this is what they've built for for the last two, three seasons. And it, it, 
I don't think that their mentality is let's build for the future. I think their mentality is let's win now. What can we do to win now? Uh, and anything after that, uh, once the season's over, then they can start asking those questions. And that's just the way I feel this team is headed. Yeah, I, I think so. you're right there. I just, uh, it, it crossed my mind. I, I, You know, once Brady leaves and all these guys who have sort of re-signed probably exit, uh, you know, it, it's more like a sort of LeBron situation where you build up while you're there. And uh, then once he says goodbye, yeah, you're left with the uh, sort of burning embers. <laughs> but, but again, listen, we're talking about Brady here. You know, uh, how many times did we think this guy was gone already? I mean, he retired for crying out loud. And we all said, finally, we saw this coming. It was about time. And nope, uh, he's back again. So this guy may never retire. So we well, don't know I, what's going on there. I think he might have left this year, just not in the retired sense uh, to another team. <laughs> that day. Uh, all right, let's move on to the AFC North. Let's go to the Cleveland Browns here. Um, you know, they bought in big with Deshaun Watson. Uh, no first-round pick this year. Uh, a second, two-thirds, uh, you know, a fourth. What do the Browns need to sort of solidify this roster here? I, I, I'm curious where you're you're going to go here because they don't got a lot of to really grab a blue chipper. Uh, but uh, I I just I don't see this team as a contender. So. But maybe they will be. I, I'm curious where you want to go from a draft perspective with the Cleveland Browns here. Okay, so I had this whole little thing I had planned out for this particular question, um, and I was going to say quarterback uh, just because I've been <laughs> such a, a, a non-fan of this well, whole trade for Deshaun Baker's Watson. Still on their roster as well. <laughs> yeah, that, that's true. But <laughs> no, listen, be on there all year. <laughs> I'm not going to be a hater. I'm going to be positive here. I'm just going to assume that Deshaun Watson is going to have a good season. So with that being said. Um, Listen, they, they're a pretty solid team. They actually don't have a lot of holes to fill. You know, they had some some bad luck last year with injuries and, uh, you know, not just injuries, but also coaching situation that was going on there. They, there was some drama. But listen, it seems like they've got things rectified. It seems like they've got their guy. I mean, they gave up pretty much the entire farm for him. So hopefully it works out for them. Um, I, I personally am one of those guys who – is a little bit of a naysayer when it comes to that situation because I just haven't seen anything over the last couple of seasons and that part scares me. So listen, but if it works out, awesome. It works out perfectly for them because they're in a good situation. They pretty much have a good team built already. Um, uh, this is a team that just needs to add some depth uh, and they really depth at what? At defensive tackle and edge rushing. So if they can get some somebody to rush the quarterback and get some, uh, some guys to you know stuff the run, then they're going to be a pretty good team, uh, especially if the whole Deshaun Watson thing works out. Yeah, definitely so. I, I, I think edge rushers where I'd look, uh, you know, they did the one-year clowning experiment, which I, I think at this point every team in the league is going to have the one-year uh, clowning experiment. Uh, you know, it'd be good to get one there. Uh, can you get an elite one uh, that late in the second round? It is pretty deep, uh, but I, I think you – you know, you might get one that can get a couple sacks. You might get one we probably never see again at, at that point in the draft. So it's just sort of grab and go. Honestly, I, I think they need to look a little bit at receiver depth. I know they signed Amari Cooper, but uh, I just, it, it seems like they need a little more there. Uh, honestly, I think their team's pretty solid. Whether I think it's solid to, make deep playoff runs 
I, I don't know about that. So it's just sort of getting some pieces for depth, uh, certainly get somebody along that defensive line. But uh, I, I think Cleveland's just sort of wait and see. Uh, this is either going to be a, a real success or probably a real failure. I, I don't think there's going to be a lot of middle ground uh, sort of with this team here. So it, it'll definitely be interesting. Uh, let's move on to the Baltimore Ravens. You know, at one point in time, I know it's hard to believe, but uh, they were the uh, leading record in the AFC. And uh, then basically everybody got hurt. They they got a lot of draft picks this year, mostly in the middle, though. A lot of fourth rounds, a couple third rounds. They have the number one uh, pick is 14th. Number two is 13th. So uh, where does Baltimore go here? Uh, I, I'm leaning they got to shore up that defense. Uh, it's probably... Uh, last year was probably the worst I'd seen the Baltimore defense since going back to when they were in Cleveland. But uh, where are you looking for the uh, Baltimore Ravens here to shore up some stuff? Listen, I'm right there with you. You know, this Baltimore defense, as you mentioned, it's probably one of the worst defenses we've seen from the Baltimore team over the last few years. I believe they averaged uh, at just two sacks per game last year, which is not what we expect from a Baltimore Ravens team here. So, I think that they have to add some depth to def- to that uh, defensive line. Uh, they definitely need a little bit of help in that secondary. Um, and something we're not really talking about because it really kind of, you know, got quiet last year is they need, I, they still need weapons on offense. Uh, you know, you have Lamar Jackson who's got banged up. Uh, a lot of it had to do with the fact that he didn't have enough time to, uh, you know, get the ball to his receivers. Uh, a lot of it had to do with the fact that he had very little running attack to, to, to speak of. So, you know, you got to get him some weapons. Now, I know that's not the priority. Uh, again, you think of Baltimore, you think of defense. So I think you have to build up that, that defensive line first, maybe add some depth to that secondary, and then you can start focusing whatever you got left on, on bringing in some more weapons on offense. Yeah, uh, you know, I think defense is probably where they ought to go. But I agree with you. I, I think they need to at least try to shore up uh, a little bit uh, on the offensive line but not offensive line on the offensive side of the ball in the skill positions, things, it it just, they don't seem to have, you know, a number one, they got a lot of real solid, uh, you know, good guys on that wide receiver, uh, you know, front, maybe Bateman makes that leap. You know, we didn't see him till towards the end of the year. Uh, but honestly, I think he's probably a really good number two uh, if he reaches his max potential. I think we know what Marquise Brown, you know, he's an explosive downfield threat, but I don't think he's ever uh, really going to be a, a number one type guy. J.K. Dobbins will be back. It's just one of those things. Will he be the J.K. Dobbins we saw towards the end of the year two years ago, or are we getting you know, uh, a sort of not as explosive, not as good J.K. Dobbins. Maybe with one of those third-round picks, you grab one of these running backs in here. I don't know if you use your second-round pick. I certainly don't think you use your first-round pick on, uh, you know, a running back. Maybe you grab a wide receiver if one of... Let me ask you this. If, say, a a James on Williams, uh, you know, falls this far, I don't think he will, uh, but, you know... There's a lot of depth at receiver. You're talking about a guy who's probably going to miss all next year. Uh, you know, maybe he plays towards the end. With that pick with Baltimore, 
would you use it on someone who I think probably is a legit number one receiver and say, all right, we'll push it off to another year? Because I think if you add like a James on Williams, you have a Bateman, you have a Brown. Now you're talking a little bit better of a receiving core here, or do you just you build that defense there? Listen, I, I think that, you know, yes, having a number one wide receiver would be super beneficial for this team. I think that uh, Lamar Jackson will benefit a lot from having a guy like that. But the thing is, first of all, he's probably not going to slip that far, right? And even if he does, I mean, <laughs> he's not going to be available all year. And I don't have, you know, uh, contracts in front of me here, so I can't really look at what their contract situation looks like. But it's going to come to a point where you're going to have to start paying some guys. Uh, and, and Lamar whether, would be the one that uh, is the main key there. Yeah. So I mean, you know, I, I don't know. I, I don't. I don't think. I don't think that even if he were to slip, which I don't think he'll slip that far. Yeah. I, I don't think that he's the right fit for this team because this team is more in a let's make a push now yeah. type of uh, situation. I don't think that they're in a let's build up and we'll see when we get there. I think that they want to win now and. and Based off the moves that we've seen him, you know, do over the last couple of seasons, it seems like that's their mentality and that's what they're going to stick to. So I, I don't think I would. Uh, I would rather build up that defensive, uh, you know, that, that defensive secondary and defensive line a little bit more uh, and kind of bring the Ravens back to what the Ravens are expected to be. Yeah, I, it just it crossed my mind a little bit that tempting. It's uh, tempting. As, as basically, I, I think. Basically, our whole lives as we've watched this Baltimore Ravens team, uh, I think they've been looking for a number one receiver. They've had a lot of really solid guys, uh, you know, e even, you know, like Anquan Bolden uh, towards the second half of his career. Really good receiver, could make catches. I don't think they've ever had a true, true out and out number one who, you know, is. They have, did, they, did they have Steve Smith? Yeah, but that was once again towards the back end. Yeah, you know, but I mean, he was solid. Even yeah. even at the end of history, he was solid. Yeah. That's probably one of the better ones they've had in a while. That's what we're, we're getting a lot of guys who, yeah, you're <laughs> solid. You're solid, good receiver. Um, you know, probably good as your second or third fantasy receiver. It's just they never sort of had that number one guy who we go, you know, just take, put Cooper Cup on this Baltimore Ravens team. And I think it becomes a whole different team. And it seems like maybe you got an opportunity here to grab like a James on Williams if you're willing, you know, if you're willing to probably essentially take a gap year, which was what it be. And maybe two gap years because then he's missed a whole season. Then he's getting into his rookie season off an injury. So it might be like year three. The Ravens aren't a team that usually does that. But for maybe the promise in the future of having a number one maybe you look that way a, a lot of that probably has to do with what Lamar Jackson's you know quarterback situation is here you know are they going to give him the now 45 to 50 million dollar a year guarantee or are they going to play hardball and see if they can get him more on that 30 to 35 million dollar range you know if I'm Lamar Jackson I'm looking at Deshaun Watson and going well I'm the better quarterback here uh, why is he getting that and I'm getting this so uh yeah it's just it's really tricky situation but don't get me started to, with that again yeah certainly need to rebuild this defense I, I mean they still got solid guys on it but 
I mean, a lot of them are getting older. They need to sort of reinvigorate uh, with some youth there. That probably played a little bit into, you know, all their injury situation last year uh, as well. So uh, interesting there. Uh, we'll move on to the next team out of here. And uh, another interesting one here, Pittsburgh Steelers. <sighs> They bring in, you know, sort of a quarterback, uh, but Ben Roethlisberger is gone. Uh, Mitch Trubisky is in. Um, what are we doing here with the Pittsburgh Steelers? This doesn't seem like a team that's going to take a quarterback in the first round, but uh, I, I'm just, I'm having a hard time reading the Steelers. So where are you coming from on the Pittsburgh Steelers here? Listen, I, you know, I've said, I said it a couple of times last year throughout the season, and, and I'll say it again. I know that Trubisky is not the guy who's going to wow you with his arm or the throws he makes, but I think Trubisky is a solid quarterback, and I think he's a solid game manager as long as you build a good team. Now, this uh, this Steelers team has obviously always been known uh, for defense. You know, you go back to the days of the Steel Curtain. Um Defense is what, what's made this team successful. Even last year with Ben Roethlisberger, you know, under center, uh, he could, who could barely throw the ball at that point. No disrespect to him, but, uh, you know, he couldn't throw the ball downfield. He really couldn't. Um, but they were in games. They made it into the playoffs because of that defense. Now, they lost a lot of those pieces on defense, and I think that's what they're going to focus on completely. They need help on the defensive line. They need help in their secondary. They need help uh, at, you know, players to rush the quarterback. So there's so much that they need on that defense side of the ball that I think that offensively you're okay going forward with what you have. Um, you just have to shore up that defense because I, that's that's Steelers football. Uh, and, and if you can do that, I think they're going to be okay. Um, I know that the power has definitely shifted more to the AFC uh, from the NFC. Um, so it'll be tougher for them to repeat what they did last year, but I don't think people are really expecting that from them. I think that a lot of people are looking at the Steelers team as more of a, you know, a mid rebuild mode type of thing, especially after losing uh, their franchise quarterback over the last, what, 12, 14 years. Yeah. Uh, you know, they don't grab a lot of first round wide receivers here. I think they lost Schuster. They lost James Washington. I, I'm not sold that Chase Claypool is sort of an elite tier receiver. I, I think he's a good receiver, but he, he's a good receiver seven games a year. He's a solid receiver four games a year, and you don't even know he's been playing in the games on those other ones. It reminds me of Mike Williams from the Chargers. Yeah, but that's he's a, gonna he's gonna he's gonna give you really good you know really good play for you know half the season uh, you know and, and when you don't expect it, but when you expect when you need him to step up and be the guy, he's not your guy. Yeah, and, and that's not a, a you know a jab at him or anything like that. It's just it's just the truth. It's what I've seen on film. There are games when we get one catch for six yards. There are games when we got two for twenty. And I think with that first round pick, I'd probably look to grab one of these elite guys and then maybe in that second round pick, maybe go after a little bit of defense. I think you could probably get a pretty solid safety or corner in that second round. I think it's pretty deep. I don't know if you can get an elite one, but I think one get one you could play and could stay on the field there. 
it's really hard to do with, you know, not knowing your quarterback situation, you know, Mitch. That's what I was going to say is, and sorry to cut you off, but that's exactly what I was going to say is I like, I like exactly what you're saying because as I mentioned earlier, I like Trubisky. I think Trubisky is a solid quarterback. I just don't think he got the proper chance to show it in Chicago. But if you feel the way that I feel about Trubisky, that he could actually play a lot better than what we've seen on film from him, then I think you do go after a wide receiver. You give him some weapons to build up on. But, uh, you know, if you're one of those, uh, you know, naysayers who thinks that Trubisky is just, uh, you know, a disaster waiting to happen, then I don't think you waste, uh, you know, one of those top picks on a wide receiver, especially if you don't believe in Trubisky. But I like what you're saying. Yeah, I'm just interested. Now, the Pittsburgh doesn't go real heavy on first round receivers they have had a lot of success sort of scouting the draft and uh you know finding those guys in the later rounds but uh it it just seems like that might be something they're gonna go after here all right last one out of the uh afc uh here the bingles uh you know this is an interesting one they are the super bowl uh you know uh runner up here they made a nice run to the super bowl but honestly i I, I think it was a, I don't want to say fluky run because that is not accurate. They they were a good team, but. They had a tough road. Yes. They had a tough road. But I think some things sort of fell in their favor during their run to the Super Bowl. So if you ask me, do I think they can get up there and repeat it? I don't think so. I think they need, you know, more stuff than you'd think a team who made it to the Super Bowl needs here. So I'm curious where you're coming from. I'm looking a lot on the defensive side of the ball and also along that offensive line. Uh, the problem is when you make that run to the Super Bowl, you have the 35th pick. This is a deep offensive line draft, uh, but I, I think they'd rather be in that top 15 than the bottom 15 here. So uh, what are we looking for here with the Cincinnati Bengals? Well, listen, the expectations are going to be really high for this team, especially after reaching the Super Bowl and going toe-to-toe with the Los Angeles Rams, which they eventually ended up losing that game. But it was a very close game. Um, now, you know, obviously there was a lot of calls that were, you know, messed up by the referees and things like that. But we're not going to get into all that stuff right now. The point is that they kept it close. They kept it, you know, they were in that game and eventually they ended up losing. But uh, the expectations are not going to be set a lot higher from their fan base and from the locker room itself. Um, obviously their biggest weakness last year was that offensive line. They had a really hard time protecting the quarterback as evident by that final play with Aaron Donald getting after Burrow uh, to steal the game. Uh, but they managed to, you know, get a couple of guys in free agency. Uh, they signed a couple of guys. And they believe that they've done enough on that offensive line to where they can focus a little bit more on some of the other places that need help in which I believe is their secondary uh, and and their pass rush. They were able to get after the quarterback, but it took a lot of stunts and uh, gimmicky plays uh, for them to be able to get after Matthew Stafford in that Super Bowl. Uh, and even that being said, the Rams didn't have, you know, uh, the greatest offensive line uh, in the playoffs. So um, that also helped them a little bit. But I, I personally think that, you know, with the additions that they've already added in free agency to that offensive line, I think that maybe now you start to look a little bit more at that secondary and that pass rush a little bit. Uh, but as far as the quarterback position is concerned, running back and skill position, I think they're set at those positions. So now it's really about, you know, uh, doing more of the foundation type of stuff. Yeah, I, I think this is where you get into the tricky spot of expectations because 
you know, if you're taking an offensive lineman with the 31st pick in the first round or the 31st pick in the second round, you know, you, you don't totally know what you're going to get. You could get a guy who could sit there and play in the league for 15 years and give you good offensive line play. You could give yourself a guy who is a turnstile. You could give yourself a guy who, you know, probably needs two, three years to sort of catch up to the speed, catch up to the strength, catch up to the footwork that he needs to be a good offensive lineman. But now if you're the Cincinnati Bengals, uh, you don't really have two, three years uh, to sort of let that offensive lineman get his reps. If he's a turnstile and getting Burrow killed, you don't gain anything there. So I, I think, once again, you sort of got to skip offensive linemen in this draft. Maybe you grab a couple late and see if you can grow them, but I think you just got to shore up that defense because, I, I, you, you know, you saw uh, – a couple times late in games where the uh, Cincinnati defense would get torched, uh, you know, with the pass. They were very, very reliant on having a pass rush. So I, I think you got to sort up that secondary. And that's where you go there. And you just got to hope your, I, I say scouting department with Cincinnati, but they don't really have one. Uh, but uh, the people who sort of do scout for Cincinnati made the correct decisions in free agency to try to shore up that offensive line. I just don't think you risk that uh, when you have some holes on the defensive end and you already showed with a bad offensive line, you could probably win some games here. All right, let's move on to the NFC side of things. Uh, another one of those that is, well, interesting. Uh, I, I think when we get into my draft bets, uh, this is the one I put a wild card on because, honestly, they could use a lot, but I honestly have no clue. No clue what way they're going. Uh, their coach is minimally insane. Uh, their front office basically has never been uh, any good. So uh, what are we going here with the uh, Detroit Lions? Listen, I know that you know a lot of people are looking for them to upgrade the quarterback position. I don't think Jared Goff is really that uh, you know bad of a quarterback now. I know he's had some pretty bad moments, but he's also had a lot of good moments. And he's a guy who brings a lot of experience, not just experience, but also winning experience uh, to a franchise that's had very little of it. Um, and, and I know that last year wasn't, uh, you know, a big success for them, but they managed to pull off some wins and they managed to at least get a good rhythm going. Um, but going into this year, I look at what they did last year. And one of the things that they did very, very poorly was get after the quarterback. I believe that they were 32nd, uh, in the league in, in sacks or so, something like that. It was pretty bad um, enough to where I'm thinking that their focus has to be edge rushers and defensive backs. And then after that, if you have a little bit of room, then maybe you pick up some skill position players at the wide receiver spot. Um, some people are calling for a quarterback. I don't think this is a draft to do it. I think you have Jared Goff and you probably ride him for another year while you continue to build up that team. Yeah. I, I, I don't think there's any reason to go after a quarterback here. Uh, you aren't getting off Goff's money. So even if you draft one, uh, even if you trade Goff, 
uh, you're probably going to be eating his salary or you're going to be giving up draft picks in the future uh, to send him someplace to so they eat his money. So that just seems in this draft, that's not a great idea. But once again, it's the Lions. Who knows? Honestly, I think edge rusher is where they're going to go. Uh, but I think they took Sewell last year. Uh, he played really, really pretty well. You know, he had his moments, but, you know, young offensive linemen going into the NFL are always going to have their moments where I, I think you look at these three offensive uh, linemen right here at the top. First round-wise, I, I think you try to build as strong an offensive line on the Detroit side of the ball. Maybe you grab one of these guys and see if you can – Sort of just build yourself something on that side of the ball. I, I know uh, these defensive ends out of Oregon and Georgia and Michigan are electric kind of guys. But honestly, one of them going to the Lions, do you ever expect to hear from them again other than maybe occasionally making a play and then they just sort of go in the distance. I think you just try to build that offensive line. I go after an Evan Neal. I, I go after the kid out of NC State. I just, I, I think you already started building that offensive line. I thought it was pretty solid last year. You had another good piece in there. At least you have something. You get another year with golf, and then next year, if the quarterbacks go right, you get there, you're off golf's money, you know, and, and you start anew. The Lions aren't winning a lot of games this year. Maybe I, you find a receiver too uh, late in that second round uh, because the depth so well. Uh, you know, it, it's hard to judge what was real with Amon St. Brown. I think we all sort of want it to be real, but, you know, it also could be a lot of stats being compiled at the end of uh, the season in meaningless games too. So uh, I'm looking there. I just. There are a lot of great pass rushers, but once again, it just seems like it'd be worthless in that Detroit Lions uniform. You you look at somebody as great as Indomitian and Sue, really great for the Detroit Lions, but how much of a true overall impact did he make with that team? And that's when they had Calvin Johnson and Matthew Stafford on that team. So it, it just it just seems like a waste, uh, you know, when you could build along the offensive line there. Yeah, listen, you know, and not that Sue wasn't a good fit there, but, you know, you look at a, a guy like Sue and they brought him in and he was, uh, you know, he was pretty, he was very talented as soon as he came into the league, but he had a bit of a temper issue and it cost the Lions a lot of games. And uh, with a franchise that's been, you know, pretty much losing consistently over the last, uh, you know, decade or so, um, you know, that's probably not the type of, uh, of guy that you want to bring in. So there's, obviously a lot of risk when you go for, for guys like that. But listen, I think that the Lions need a lot of help, but I think that they have at least they're on the right track. And, and as you mentioned, the quarterback's not the place to go right now because of the situation you're in. But listen, he, Jared Goff had some nice moments last year. And if you can shore up that offensive line and protect them, I think that it's going to bode even more for him. He'll be able to find his receivers, his tight ends, and, and he'll be able to get the ball out there. So, um, your best option, I think, as you mentioned, it build up that offensive line, then maybe get you know some help at pass rush later on. Yeah, uh, you know your best uh, skill position player was Swift. Maybe he breaks a few more runs. You get him out of the backfield with that uh, offensive line. I, I just 
maybe that starts the Lions going in the right direction. I, I don't think either of us totally believe that, but hey, there's always hope. Uh, That's the beauty about the draft, right? Yeah. It, it's it's it doesn't matter how how bad your team has been for the last years, ten years, fifteen years, whatever. It doesn't matter. The draft is it's all about hope. And coming from me, listen, I'm a Ram fan, you know, and I'm going back to the days in St. Louis. Not the greatest show on turf. I'm talking about those two and in, in 14 seasons, you know, where I look forward to the draft because this was my chance to possibly, uh, you know, look, watch my team, witness my team, turn it around and basically, you know, get on, on the right track. And yes, it takes a lot longer for some teams, but this is what the draft's about. It's, it's all about hope. All right. Uh, let's move to another situation that is uh... – <laughs> Honestly, it might be bleaker than the uh, Lions one. Uh, we're at the Chicago Bears here. Uh, honestly, you could tell me every position uh, other than maybe quarterback. And even there, uh, I, I'm not 100% sold they have the right person there. So uh, what are we looking for Bears-wise here? Listen, everyone's going to tell you that they're set at quarterback with Justin Fields. You know... Listen, I think I think that you know he's definitely shown flashes, but I don't think I've seen enough from him to believe that he is the, the thing. But even then, I, I wouldn't go quarterback here. I don't think that you have um, the draft capital and cap space to bring in another quarterback uh, without ruining Justin Fields' career. Yeah, I don't mean so, to interrupt uh, you. I should probably say uh, they don't have a first-round pick. Uh, they I know, have, I know. That, that was part of my issue that uh, they can't even build talent, but they have a seventh pick in the second round, a 16th in the second round, and a seventh in the third. So uh, they have no first-round pick as well. So uh, keep that in mind. And, and listen, I, I think that the you know one of the columns I was reading about the draft, uh, it was probably the perfect line for the for the Bears. It said, it's probably easier to, to list the things that they don't need instead of the things that they do need. Yeah, they need a lot of help, uh, and this is probably not going to be the year to do it. You're going to have to probably uh, focus more on building death and hoping that you hit on some gems in the later rounds because, as you mentioned, they're not picking early on. So they have a lot of work to do, and unfortunately for them, uh, it seems like it's going to be a long process. Yeah. Uh, just I, I think you've got to take some offensive line, guys. Uh, their offensive line was so poor. What you're going to get with the uh, 7th and 16th pick in the second round. Maybe you hit, maybe you don't. I don't know, but that would be the number one place I'd go. they got to get some wide receiver help. I, I mean, I, once again, you're getting into the unknown world of we get a guy who might last in the league and be productive for 15 years. You get a guy who might last five and make 20 catches for you uh, where they're drafting. But I, I think you just got to take your shot there. Once again, we flipped over to the defensive side of the ball. Uh, basically every good defensive player they have is not there or will not be there by the time the season starts. So, uh, Honestly, this is just bleak. I, I don't even know really how to summarize them in the draft. They don't have very good draft picks, and they basically need good players at every position there is. <laughs> uh, yeah, the Bears are in a really tough spot, man. And like I said, it doesn't look like it's going to get any better anytime soon. But uh, listen, you know, like you said, if there's a wide receiver that they really like, um, you know, when their pick comes up, 
maybe you jump on a guy like that, give Justin Field another weapon to throw to. Uh, but, you know, again, you know, if you go offensive lineman to protect the young quarterback, I, I can't blame either. I don't think that anyone's going to really, you know, snarl at, at whatever they go, whatever pick they make, because they just need so much help right now that I, I think any Chicago Bear fan, uh, doesn't, doesn't matter what name's called on draft day, I think they're going to be happy of just getting some help there. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, uh, honestly, the NFC North uh, basically is just a division that confuses me and of god-awful teams. Uh, speaking of a team that confuses me, though, once again, I mentioned with the NFC the way it is, they might turn out to be good. But uh, the Minnesota Vikings, um, I guess they don't need a quarterback. Uh, granted, it probably wasn't the year, but... Uh, they extended Cousins, so I assume they aren't drafting one of those. But honestly, with the Vikings, I I, I don't even know where to go with them. But uh, what are we looking for here? Probably, I, I mean, Eileen, they need to rebuild some stuff on the defensive side of the ball. But, you know, they aren't really in a position to get one of the elite, elite guys that I think game changes you on that side of the ball in your rookie and their rookie year. So uh, what are you looking for here in Minnesota? Well, listen, as you mentioned that, I think that this team needs to focus a lot on defense. Now, unfortunately for them, um, when your team mimics your quarterback, uh, when your team is basically a team's version of a Kirk cousins um, where you're mediocre, you're good. Sometimes you're bad. Sometimes this is the issue you're going to run into is that they just don't have a high enough pick to really get one of those game changers, you know, especially on defense. Um, so I think that they're going to have to focus more on building up depth on that defense. They need help in that secondary. They need help in that pass rush. They need help plugging holes against the run. We saw that offense. They, if they can get going, they're one of the most dangerous offenses in the league. You know, they got a really good receiver in Jefferson. They got, you know, a couple of good young running backs and, you know, Kirk Cousins, like I said, he's hit or miss. Uh, sometimes he's good, sometimes he's bad. But like I said, that offense, I don't think the offense is the issue. We've seen them be a, a really high potent offense, a really high motor offense. The issue is that defense. It's not the defense that we thought we were going to get. It's not the defense that we thought we had from a couple of years ago. So if they can shore that up, if they can at least add some depth, uh, that's going to service the team as a whole. But uh, again, they just don't pick high enough, in my opinion, to to get a game changer like that. Yeah, the only thing I can look at is maybe one of those corners. Uh, there, there are two, maybe I, I maybe three uh, semi-elite corners. Uh, maybe uh, one of those guys falls to that twelfth. Uh, but once again, uh, you know, rookie corners. Even if you are elite, you, you're not going to be all that good your first year. Uh, it, it, it's not like you go in as a rookie corner and start locking down. Uh, it, it takes two, it takes three years, and then you get into your form. And honestly, I, what is this Vikings team going to look like in two or three years? Uh, so uh, I, I, this team confuses me. I Also look at some of that offensive line depth. They were sort of hit and miss last year. Second round, maybe grab a tight end because I thought their tight end play was a little poor. So maybe the kid out of UCLA, uh, maybe Trey McBride uh, drops into that uh, 14th spot. 
The other thing I'd look at here, they don't totally need it, but I, I thought there was some drop-off uh, wide receiver-wise, not uh, from Jefferson, but... Thielen. Yeah, maybe uh, at 12. Listen, you, you grab I, an elite I, guy and see if you can hammer Jefferson and another elite guy and, and just go all offense with Cook there. But, I, I mean, then you aren't helping I, I, your defense or your offensive that, line. So That's what I was going to say. Is I, I do like that idea, okay? Because, you know, obviously the, the NFL now is an offensive, you know, uh, a friendly league. And obviously the more offense you have, the better you're going to be. But listen, they have one cornerback coming back from last season. And I think he had like, I think it was under 25 snaps played. Uh, so that doesn't bode well for your secondary. You're basically starting fresh uh, with a bunch of new guys. And I just, I just think that this team, they're, again, they're too good to get a, a really good pick and they're too bad to not need anything. Yes. It's just, it's a weird position. Yeah. I, I don't want to get nerdy either, but you know, if you were to take a, a receiver at that 12 pick, you, you extended cousins. So you're paying him cook is up. So I, I mean, you are going to either have to let go probably the best running back in the league or one of the two best running backs in the league or pay him in the, you know, 18 to $20 million range. Jefferson is coming up in a year. Uh, you know, we've already talked about wide receivers. That's probably another 25 or 30 mil guaranteed. So if you were to take a receiver in that spot, I don't even know if you could theoretically afford to pay him when his rookie deal comes up or you're letting go of one of the others that you just paid. So it's just... This team is such a middling sort of team. Too good to, you know, bottom out and get something elite down there. Not good enough to really make anybody even care about them on an elite level. It's really just one of the weirdest teams. Probably weirder than somebody even like the Bears or the Lions, where we just know they're trash. We know this team is good. We know they have skill position players, but they aren't really good enough to be on the level of a Rams or a Bucks. So basically they live in the range of eight to 10 wins every year. All right, let's move on to, uh, well, I, the Packers who are a good team, even though they've gutted their team. But uh, as we've just discussed through the other teams in this division, I, I'm not sure they really are going to have a problem losing it, but uh, I I don't think they have a receiver on their wa roster. But once again, they've been weird about drafting receivers in the first round. Uh, where are we going here with the Green Bay Packers? They do have two first-round picks. So I am assuming a wide receiver is being taken. Granted, they are 22 and 28. Now, I will say this. The Packers are lucky in the sense that they have Aaron Rodgers back because Aaron Rodgers can take a mediocre wide receiver and turn him into a star. Uh, I mean, we saw it several years in a row where they have a guy, uh, and not to call anyone out, but a guy like Randall Cobb, who had really good seasons while he was in Green Bay, um, went off to greener pastures, so to speak, and did absolutely nothing. and had to come back to become relevant again. Uh, again, no disrespect to, to him. 
But that's just the type of quarterback that Aaron Rodgers is. He makes wide receivers better. He's like Tom Brady or, you know, Drew Brees. You know, there's certain guys that just make players better than they are. Uh, so I think that any receiver you bring in is going to help this team out because they need wide receivers. But another thing, um, they have to remember that they have to replace Darius Smith. Uh, they lost him, yeah. and they're good. that's not a small loss. And one of the reasons that they lost him was to save money so they could pay Aaron Rodgers. So – this is, you know, a little bit of that, you know, best player in the league uh, bite you in the behind uh, type of situation. So you got two pretty high picks. I, I think that one of them is definitely going to have to focus on wide receiver and the other one's going to have to focus on the pass rush. So uh, which way you go, I don't think it really matters for this team. I think that they're pretty solid. They're going to compete regardless. So um, we'll see what they pick. But I think that the two main focuses have to be pass rush and wide receiver. Yeah. Yeah. Uh... I'd also throw linebacker in there. Now, I don't think you sort of grab a linebacker with one of your first-round pick, uh, but uh, they do have two seconds again. Maybe grab one in there. Uh, so uh, definitely look at, at sort of linebacker uh, in that situation. I'm assuming they have to go wide receiver for one of those. I, I mean, they just have nothing right now. I, I As much as I enjoy Alan Lazard, uh, I he'd be very very far down my wide receiver uh rankings uh here and i don't think you can go into a season with alan lazard as your number one i'll tell you this uh, again one of the reasons why the packers team is in a very good position is because they do have aaron Rodgers. so even if you decide to go with an elite pass rusher with your first pick and decide to just take a gamble hope that one you know one of those decent wide receivers is going to show up with your next pick Aaron Rodgers will turn that guy into a star. So, uh, you know, I think that they're in a really good position because of that. They can gamble a little bit more on the wide receiver and and get a pass rusher that's really going to help the team out, uh, you know, during a playoff run or so. Let me ask you this. Uh, they have the two first-rounders, 22 and 28. Would you be opposed, uh, instead of saying, you know, uh, fill in that defensive end, defensive line, you know, edge rusher position that Smith uh, sort of took up, Taking those two first, trading up, maybe into the you know middle teens and get you know sort of the receiver you want, then maybe feeling uh, that edge rusher linebacker void in those second round picks, or would you hold steady and, and you know just sort of grabbing what receiver falls to you at twenty two or twenty eight here, or, or would you maybe push in those two chips and try to get the one you want? Okay, so I think that if you're the Packers and you see a wide receiver that you really, really, really like, I think you go ahead and you take that gamble because, you know, there's not a lot of Devontae Adams around the league. They don't come around very often. So when you can find a guy that you think is the next Devontae Adams, then I think you jump on it. But I will say this, again, for a team like the Packers to have a quarterback like Aaron Rodgers who can turn just about any, any wide receiver into a good wide receiver, um, I think that you're better off keeping those later picks and actually picking up a little bit of help for that defensive line and then getting your wide receiver. You can still find a wide receiver. And again, Aaron Rodgers will turn him into a solid one. Even if it's just a mediocre wide receiver, Aaron Rodgers has the ability to turn him into a good wide receiver. So uh, I think you can't lose either way you go. The only way you lose is by trading up for a bigger name guy. You lose out on some of the death that you could have had at that pass rushing position. Yeah, definitely so. Will be interesting to see uh, what the Packers uh, do. 
All right, uh, so that wraps up part one of our NFL Draft uh, Team Needs coverage. We'll be back. Be sure to grab us for part two when we do the other side of uh, the AFC-NFC uh, divisions. And then, uh, of course, there will be our Draft Bets uh, show. And then Thursday, we're going live for the first round coverage of the NFL Draft. You don't want to miss that on YouTube. It was We break down each team's uh, first round picks. Me, Achilles Reign, and then we'll bring in the Dynamite David to bring in his college insight on the players. So you don't want to miss any of that. Be sure to catch us all week for our NFL Draft coverage. Achilles, where can we find you? Uh, as always, you can find me on Twitter at TD Achilles. All right, that's our show. And we're out.